If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Okay, welcome to State of the Nation and a very happy Thursday to you. It's good to be with you. Uh, Steve Hook broadcasting live from the Central Jersey Shore. And there he is, Brian McLean, also known as Hesher. He is doing his thing live from Central Texas. And it's good to see you, Hesh. Another big show. Lots going on today. Yeah, man. Boy, when you say I'm doing my thing, I always feel like I should be doing something other than standing here looking at you. But uh, that's the thing I'm doing. <laughs> it's great to be here with you on State of the Nation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. I, I tell you, big day uh, in uh, in D.C. today. SCOTUS took that case. We knew that the opening uh, arguments uh, were going to be made today concerning the Colorado case trying to keep Trump off the ballot. And I would just say that by all accounts, it was a horrible day uh, for the uh, attorneys representing Colorado. I mean, Hesher, I don't know if you watched any of that or heard any of it. Of course, they don't allow cameras inside the Supreme Court, but they have gotten kind of liberal with allowing microphones in there now. So you can hear the proceedings. And that was almost better in a lot of ways because you really kind of had to listen carefully and you could hear the utter... Uh, exasperation from almost every justice uh, with regards to this Colorado case. It was fun to listen to. Put it this way, man. Sotomayor grilled him. Hagan <laughs> grilled him. Yeah, and even even uh, Katanji Brown Jackson, uh, Justice Jackson grilled him. Not to mention Alito and uh, 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 not a good day for the, uh, the uh, Trump derangement types, but uh, we'll get to that. I wanted to weigh in on that. I wanted to give you this story, though, that is really flying under the radar. And it's one that I have a suspicion may blow up and become a very, very big story uh, as we move further and further into the election cycle, because how could it not? Uh, High-level Iranian, uh, Iranian spy ring busted in Washington. And not just in Washington, uh, Ash, but in the administration, in the State Department. I mean, this is just an absolute insane story. And let me read you parts of it. It's by Lee Smith. He's writing for uh, the tablet. He says, the Biden administration's now suspended Iran envoy Robert Malley helped to fund, support, and direct an Iranian intelligence operation designed to influence the United States and allied governments, according to a trove of purloined Iranian government emails. They showed that Mali had helped infiltrate an Iranian agent of influence named Ariane Tabatabe uh, into some of the most sensitive portions uh, in the U.S. government, positions rather, in the U.S. government, first at the State Department, and now she's at the Pentagon, where she has been serving as Chief of Staff for the Assistant Secretary of Defense for Special Operations, Christopher Mayer. According to correspondence, the IE, uh, IEI recruited uh, several U.S.-based analysis uh, analysts, including Tabatabe, Ali Vaez, and Dina Esfudari, uh, all of whom willingly accepted Iranian guidance. The Middle East experts were uh, then subsequently hired, credentialed, supported, and funded 
by Mali and the ICG, where he was president from 2018 until 2021 of January when he joined the Biden administration. Mali also uh, Mali was also ICG's program director for Middle East and North Africa before the Obama administration tapped him in February 2014 to run negotiations for the Iran nuclear deal that we've talked so much about. Baez joined the ICG in 2012 and served as Mali's top deputy. I'm not going to get too far into the weeds on this because, again, this story is just kind of breaking. I heard it last night on the Levin show, and I was I was really kind of rocked to my core that this could happen. Uh, but I will say this. Just give you give you a taste of what was going on. Vaez, this is Ali Vaez, wrote to Zarif. Now, who is Zarif? Zarif is an Iranian official with the Iranian military, and he was a, a big time, big time in the uh, Iranian government. And he wrote him an email uh, that said, as an Iranian, based on my national and patriotic duty, I have not hesitated to help you in any way from proposing to your excellency a public campaign against the notion of a nuclear breakout to assisting your team in preparing reports on practical needs of Iran. These emails likely explain why Vaez was unable to uh, obtain a security clearance in order to join Mali, but there's a whole team of them, about eight to 10 of them, and they've all been outed by these Iranian government emails where they were working back channels completely, apparently, uh, off the books. Nobody knew about it. And now it's coming to light and people are starting. I, I tell you, there's a lot of concern about this right now. What do you think about this, Ash? Well, you know, uh, first off, um, I don't think we should have foreign agents from any government in our critical government uh, apparatchiks, even if they are, you know, if they're if they're allied countries, sure, put them, you know, they can do embassy stuff. There's certain things that are appropriate for them to do. But uh, this this is nothing new. And, you know, the security clearance aspect actually is what has me the most curious about this. Uh, do these people have security clearances? First off, how did they get them? Um, who adjudicated their um, security investigation? And are they submitting the proper paperwork for being in direct contact with foreign agents? These are all very simple, very fundamental aspects of government work, uh, especially if you're in the Pentagon or State Department and you're a um, citizen or a person that is carrying uh, a security clearance. Um, these these sort of things are the, the type of things that would get a normal government employee fired and perhaps prosecuted uh, if proper paperwork was not filed. So the fact that this has been discovered and um, a security manager somewhere or a high level boss somewhere didn't, um, you know, do the proper uh, vetting on these people or even worse, maybe they're double agents, maybe they're, uh, you know, in contact with Langley as well. It's very difficult to say what this actually is or means. But if security uh, protocols were violated and laws were broken and nothing happens, I think that leaves a lot of big question marks here. Yeah, you're not kidding. Let me just. Uh... Well, I mentioned the IEI. The IEI is the Iran Experts Initiative. It's tasked, it's tasked operatives 
drawn from Iranian diaspora communities to promote Iranian interest. So that's not even a U.S. agency, the IEI. That's an Iranian agency. And all of these people were working with them. They weren't reaching out to them. They weren't saying, well, we're just doing some back back channel communications. They were working for the IEI. Uh, and as far as I'm glad somebody caught it, I, you know, Hash called me a cynic. But I'm telling you, this all started in 2014. Who was in office then? Obama. He's the one that hired this Mali guy. Who was who was constantly in Obama's ear? Valerie Jarrett. Um, she's an Iranian apologist, has been forever. And I have no doubt that this was, a, well, let me rephrase that. I would not be at all shocked uh, if this was set up from the get-go inside the Obama administration. I bet they knew about it and... I don't know, man. I mean, it's I could read the entire article and it would just it would curl your toes. You wouldn't believe some of the stuff they were sending back and forth. But you can tell that they are working uh, in direct collaboration with the Iranian government. Pretty scary stuff. This should not be happening. It doesn't really even matter what government it is. I mean, that one in particular is a hot button one for sure. But the fact of the matter is, is if these people have clearances and are working in official capacity and these uh these relationships are are not on log then the security manager that oversees the uh you know the the federal command that these people are working at has not done their job and this should be an easy fix uh if they're serious about fixing it or if they're serious about doing nothing about it we'll know because we'll hear nothing after this yeah yeah true i mean i don't give a damn if they were working for one of our allies to your point if they were working for england they're not their job is not to work for england or if they're working for israel their job is not to work for israel and these people were working directly for iran it's really shocking anyway yeah what have you got brother uh well too much to fit in uh in this segment steve but i do want to point out this one real briefly um, southern border bill that was proposed, right? Well, it's uh, it's floating around on social media today um, that the bill doesn't even count illegal alien minor encounters if they're anywhere if they're from anywhere besides Mexico. Let me just read you this quote real quick. Uh, this is in section two of the documentation. Aliens described in subsection A2C from non-contiguous countries shall not be included in calculating the sum of aliens encountered. So to, to translate that out of uh, globalese into uh, plain old English, that means illegal minors from Guatemala, Nicaragua, Afghanistan, Gaza, Ukraine, or any other country on earth besides Canada, South, and South America, uh, wouldn't count towards the 5,000 a day minimum. So what does that equal, Steve? <laughs> to me, that kind of begs the question, is this just more evidence of sanctioned child trafficking, global child trafficking? That's all I can say about that. Yeah, it is weird that they, they, they zeroed in on the minors. You don't count the minors. Ignore them. We, we yeah, know what's happening with them. Yeah, well, I don't know. There's, there's nobody that can make that make sense. Uh, and do it with a straight face. Very ugly, man. This 
it's blowing up, man. It's blowing. I, I really, I'm really uh, concerned for where we're going as a country. I really am concerned. I was happy to see what happened at SCOTUS today. Very happy to see that. Maybe that's the beginning, but who knows? Hey, listen, why not give TNT a follow? We're on all the major social platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, well, now X, Instagram, YouTube, Odyssey, Rumble, Gab and Getter. Hell, we're everywhere. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk TNT. TNT's Jeremy Nell. Nice comment here from Rebecca. She says the youngest people um, I work with are a bit more mature, but their interactions with the public is stifled. And she's referring to the excessive use of cell phones and social media and how it's making them so antisocial also. The business is open six days a week. One of his staff members formally requested that they shouldn't, you know, that they could they be given permission not to have to work on Wednesdays so that they could help at the dog shelter. Now, as you know, I'm a dog lover. I have hunting dogs. I've got dogs coming out of my ears, my Malinois. And this dog, this Malinois, is bright even by Malinois standards. She can do crossword puzzles. Is lying under my desk at the moment, feeling sorry for herself because she's just come on heat for the first time and she's completely bewildered. She doesn't know why (laughs) she's bleeding to death. It's not about whether it's a good or a bad thing to work at animal shelters. That's a delightful thing. It's a noble thing to do. But who in their right mind goes to their boss and says, would you mind, I'd rather not work on Wednesdays if it's okay, because I've got other priorities in a, in a town down the road. Jeremy now on today's News Talk TNT. Radio works because of its ability to personalize to the listener. What's exciting these days is that people are rediscovering it. You know, people are really rediscovering just how powerful radio is, how ubiquitous it is. It's in our cars, it's in our homes. There are so many new ways to access it. It's everywhere. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. If you're talking about it, we're talking about it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, State of the Nation and TNT have some really savvy listeners, so I'm sure you've probably already figured this out. But if you switched over to the audio stream because you may have lost that YouTube stream, find us on Rumble. You can switch over to Rumble if you're here for the live show. And I know you are because you love watching us live at today's News Talk. All right, our friends at NRB, the National Religious Broadcasters, are welcoming top media advocacy groups to sponsor the Presidential Candidate Forum at the Worldwide Convention of Christian Radio and Television Broadcasters and Media Professionals. So Pray.com, Salem Media Group, and Heritage Action for America have joined forces with NRB for the NRB Presidential Forum. Troy Miller, one of our friends from NRB, joins us now to fill us in. Troy, it's great to see you. Welcome back to State of the Nation. Tell us about the Presidential Forum and your partners that are going to be joining you. Yeah, thanks guys for having me back. So on Thursday, February 22nd, we will be holding that evening a presidential forum. We invited all the top candidates. We invited current President Joe Biden. We invited Nikki Haley and, of course, former President Donald Trump. And uh, former President Donald Trump has accepted, so he will be addressing the uh, attendees of the NRB 2024 conference. And we're we're really excited to have him there. I think uh, our audience really wants to hear what he has to say and what his vision is for the country. And as you said, we have three great sponsors who've come alongside of us in Salem Media and uh, Heritage Action and Pray.com. So we're, we're just really excited for this evening. Yeah. Hey, Troy, it's great to see you. And congratulations on securing those sponsors. Those are big ones. That's for sure. 
Pray.com. I've got the app. Um, and listen, uh, getting Trump, way to go. Any word from the Haley camp or from Team Biden? I suspect no on Biden, but what about Haley? No word from the Team Biden camp. And uh, we did get word yesterday that the Haley camp has uh, turned us down. So she will not be with us. Yeah, well, that'll help uh, her, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> so, Showing up so, would only hurt her. I mean, let's be honest, fellas. If she showed up there, I think it would just be sad. I just think it's so funny that the uh, Nevada primary, she got 32% of the vote and none of the other got like 68% of the vote. So she could probably use all the help she could get. It's a shame she's not going to show up. But what's on the docket for the event besides a, a no doubt rousing and probably pretty long speech from former President Trump? Yeah, so we have a number of things uh, on the docket for that evening. Um, actually, Kevin Roger, uh, Roberts from the Heritage Foundation will be with us. Uh, he'll be uh, addressing the crowd, talking about the key issues uh, for this election and this election cycle. And, and we may have some other speakers as, as well. Uh, that we'll be announcing soon for that evening. And of course, we have a great program for NRB's uh, conference as a whole. We'll be talking about pretty much all of the top issues in the culture today. What's going on with cancel culture, government weaponization, overregulation, uh, taxation. We'll talk about what's going on with the whole LGBTQ movement, especially the transgender side and family. So we have over 100 speakers that will be there that those four days. Wow. And I imagine the southern border will also be a uh, a big topic, even if it's is it on schedule? And if not, I'm sure you guys are going to be talking about it quite a bit. Yeah, there, there's not a specific uh, uh, session talking about it, but several of the sessions that are going to address national security will certainly uh, have the border in mind. Yeah, that's good. Well, that's that's a big one, too. That's a big one for sure. So I, I, I'm assuming I've never been to this convention. I, it sounds like something I'd like to go. Uh, but uh, one day, one day I probably will. But it, I assume that there's like breakout sessions that go on. So you'll have main speakers, and then it'll be, hey, if you want to discuss this, here's a breakout session in another room. Is that the way you guys uh, organize this? Yeah, there's sessions going on all day long. So we have opening sessions that will happen on Tuesday night. And then on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, we'll have main stage sessions that will talk about the big topics. Then we have what we call NRB Talks. That takes it down a bit of a level, and we get into a little more gritty, nitty detail uh, of a number of things. Then we have workshops, and the workshops are kind of hands-on. So if you're in Christian communication and you want to be a, a better radio program producer or a television program producer or a filmmaker, uh, blogger, you know, you name it, podcaster, there's sessions going on all over the place to help you do that. And, and if you're thinking about getting into Christian media, we have a number of sessions on that as well. Plus, we have a 35,000 square feet of exhibit floor with over 200 exhibitors uh, that'll be there from service folks at service industry and all of the top ministries across the country. Wow, sounds like a big event. And and you've partnered with Prey.com, Salem Media Group, and Heritage Action for America. I mean, uh, maybe expand a little bit on your partnerships here. Yeah, they really looked at the presidential forum. And, you know, it's important for the Christian community to hear from the candidates. I mean, we're kind of disappointed. We really hope to hear from all the candidates. The community is very involved. Uh, 35% of the electorate is made up by those that are that, that um, identify as evangelical Christians. 
Um, so pray.com, you know, these sponsors, they're great. They have a great app. They really help people grow in their faith. It's a, if you haven't been there, go to their, go to their, uh, website and, and check out all that they're doing. Um, heritage action is the, uh, is the political action side of heritage. It really gets people involved what's going on in the culture today. And so heritage is a great organization. If you really, uh, want to know what's up to date on all the current issues, uh, Heritage Action and Heritage is a place to go to. And then, of course, Salem Media. Uh, they're all across the U.S. They run talk media as well as Christian talk and uh, Christian music formats. And, they're, and, and they've just been a great partner and member of NRB for a long time. So they saw the importance of these candidates, you know, addressing this audience. These are the the, the movers and shakers in Christian media. We have over 4,000 uh, people that'll be in attendance. We'll have probably well over 3,000 that'll be in the audience to hear the former president speak. And so we're we're excited. Yeah, well, it sounds like it. I mean, that's a lot of, that's a lot of floor space you've got there. Uh, and that's, uh, it sounds like a really wonderful event. Let's dive a little bit more into it. But first, Troy, we got to take a quick break just for headlines. And we'll be back on the other side. Our guest again, Troy Miller from the National Religious Broadcasters talking about the big International Christian Media Convention. We'll be back chatting with him about that on State of the Nation right after this on TNT. TNT Radio News. Big news. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. The European Union has no current intention to impose sanctions on American journalist Tucker Carlson following his interview with Russian President Vladimir Putin, according to TASS, citing EU sources. The five Marines who vanished when their helicopter went down in the mountains outside San Diego Tuesday have been confirmed dead. The U.S. government has admitted to a mistake in claiming that Iraqi officials were pre-notified about airstrikes conducted on Iraqi territory last Friday. Don't miss a thing. Be sure to download the TNT radio app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play so you can easily listen live to us anywhere, anytime. Available right now to download. Keeping you up to speed on TNT Radio. Okay, welcome back to State of the Nation again. Joining us now, President and CEO of NRB Ministries, Troy Miller, as we talk about the big convention coming up. And Troy, I just got to, you know, it, it doesn't shock me that uh, that that Biden wouldn't respond. And, and, and that, just the very fact that I'm not shocked, I think is telling. Uh, doesn't it kind of seem as if, a whole side of this country has basically said we're turning our back on religiosity. We're turning our ba- our back on people of faith. That's what it looks like to me. I think his absence speaks volumes. If I were him, I would say, God, I got to do something. Might as well go talk to them. You, you haven't even heard back from him, huh? Yeah, it, you know, it's really disappointing, you, you know, that the, the uh, you know, evangelical Christians, like I said, make so much, uh, a, a big part of the electorate up that the president wouldn't take this opportunity to come out and to address us and address our, our issues. And you're right, it does seem like a large part of the country, certainly mainstream media has has really turned its back on Christians. And 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 then when you look at what the government, as we've talked about before, what the government's been doing, you know, not only turning its back, but specifically targeting the Christian community uh, with uh, from the uh, Department of Justice and other areas, uh, it, it's a sad turn. But I tell you what, 
Christian media, Christian radio, Christian films, Christian television, they're enjoying the largest increases in audience, viewership, listenership, and people going to films that we've seen in well over a decade because people are tired and fed up with the mainstream media and mainstream entertainment's feeding them, and they want an alternative. They want to hear the truth. They want to hear something that actually gives them hope and optimism about the future and not all the pessimism that's really pushed down their throats. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We're seeing that too, Troy. And it is, it's, um, it's big. It's not a small blip on the, the population radar. It's big. And it's a younger crowd than any others that I've seen so far, a younger crowd along with, you know, a lot of other age groups and, you know, uh, origins, cultures, a lot of people are changing their thought on this right now because of the browbeating, you know, people are just so sick of the identity politics just being rammed, you know, down their throat. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's it's interesting that for years the left, you know, really chastised the Christian community as being the Bible thumpers and the browbeaters, but really that paradigm's entirely shifted. The yeah. left is now the browbeaters. They're the ones pushing their ideologies on everybody. They're the ones trying to say, oh, you have to do this. You have to be LGBT friendly. You have to be transgender. You have to think about this way, that way, the other. And if you don't, we're going to cancel you. And people are fed up with it. And again, that's why I think Christian broadcasting is seeing such a revival, such an increase in viewership. And people are saying, hey, wait, there are alternatives out there. And you said it well, especially the younger generation. Uh, ministries are reporting that the, the, the millennials and the Gen Zers um, by almost 10% grew, their audiences grew last year for millennials and for Gen Zers. I think when they get there, they're saying, hey, you guys left us a bunch of empty promises. Here's some substance we can really hold on to. And by the way, now that I'm a parent, now that I'm in the world, now that I'm working, uh, you guys make a lot more sense than the left does. Yeah, you know, it is a yeah, you, you always the thing about the left is they always go too far uh, because they're always pushing for quote unquote progress. And in, in doing so, they've alienated a whole lot of Christians. And Ash and I were talking with uh, uh, Pastor Mark Billets. Biltz, I think is how you say his last name, Biltz. Yeah. He was, uh, boy, he's talking about fire and brimstone. He's like, the whole country's, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but the whole country's going to burn down. That's what's going to happen. Not much to save it. We're just going to have to galley, uh, you know, I, I mean, Hesh, did you kind of get that vibe from Mark? He was basically doom and gloom, but that's what's going to bring about the revival. Uh, <laughs> seemed a little bit of a downer to me, but the revival part sounded good. I'm just happy to hear you say that a lot of young people and people are tuning in. God, that show, The Chosen, is blowing up. It's massively big. Oh yeah, the chosen is a has a great phenomenon, uh, as well as you, you know, Sound of Freedom uh, at yeah. the box office. People understood the the Christian message behind that. We're looking at some films that are going to be uh, screened at the NRB. I think we have now over ten films that'll be screened at NRB. You can come out and see. But I think you're you you hit a point there. Is is that you have to tell people the truth, and the and the truth is. Look, some of these things are in rebellion to God, and that's the truth. And people kind of, you, you kind of know these things are wrong in your heart anyway. It's just, it's just kind of there. But the hope of the gospel is what really turns people around. So, yeah, there's a little fire and brimstone, but the real message 
hey, there's hope in Jesus Christ. There's hope in the gospel. There's forgiveness for sins. People understand that. They get it when they hear it. And they're, and they're reacting. You know, we had a ministry out in California uh, that just in the last month uh, had over 14,000 baptisms uh, for people in California coming around to say, hey, my life's messed up and I, I, I need to change it and I need to turn it around. So we're seeing those kinds of revivals across the country and we're seeing a huge uptick in student ministries and young adult ministries, uh, a huge uptick in their attendance at some of these great young adult revivals and, and conferences and programs that are going on. It's really exciting. Yeah, that is pretty exciting, you know, and this is a good balance for our discussion that Steve was referencing because it was a little bit uh, dark. Um, but hey, we live in times of a bit of doom and gloom. So, you know, I'm not faulting him for that. Now, let's speak to some of these younger people that you're talking about, or maybe anyone who's looking to elevate their voice in this way. What kind of uh, lessons learned? Because um, you have a, a, a massive amount of experience. You're a subject matter expert in media. You've been doing this a long time. And um, I'm just curious, like, what can you say to the younger crowd that's looking to start a podcast, start a YouTube channel, get involved with NRB or do something on their own that, you know, they're feeling called to do? Let's let's inspire some youth here. Yeah, sure. First of all, like you said, you can come to NRB uh, February 20th through the 23rd uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. Go to nrbconvention.org. You'll get all the information you need there. But what I would say to you is get started. If you really feel the calling to step into this, you want to start a podcast, you want to start a blog, you want to just do stuff on your social media page or make some TikTok videos, do it. Take that step and do it because you don't have to be perfect. That's the one thing folks think this, oh, if I'm going to get into media, I have to do it perfect. Well, you want to be good at it. You don't want to put out some garbage, but you want to get involved. You'll get better along the way. The point is get your message out there. People do want to hear from you and they want to hear different views. And don't be afraid of the cultural pushback. And if you're going to get involved in the Christian message, you're going to get cultural pushback. Don't be afraid. That should tell you you're on the right track, not the wrong track. So stay true to your convictions. Get involved. Don't don't hesitate. I, I, I just can't encourage you enough. Get involved and do it. Whatever medium God has put you uh, on your heart, go do it. Yeah, well said, I think. And I, I, I agree with you. I think a lot of people are frankly just getting sick to death. I mean, I, I, even I, this is I do this for a living, but I put the TV on and I'm like, God, do I have to watch this bad news again? Do I have to see just how broken our southern border is? Do I have to see war on every channel 24-7 that's happening overseas? Uh, so, And that's probably why the pastor the other day was so doom and gloom, because there's a lot of doom and gloom in the world. But this gives people an outlet to say, look, there is redemption, there are revivals, there is hope, don't lose sight of that. It is strange in times of war and in times of famine and in times of economic struggle, that's when people turn to their faith, isn't it, Troy? It, it is. It really is when people uh, turn to the faith. You look at the Old Testament, it's a history of that. When people, you know, turn away from God, doom and gloom comes, and, the, and then people turn back into their faith. It's a time you feel like, you, you know, it's a time to think about, you know, what is my purpose in life? Why do I exist? And guess what? Secularism and evolution, they don't have that answer. They say there's no purpose for your life. I think we know in our hearts there's a purpose for our lives and who we are. And that purpose is to serve God. And we can't, we won't be any happy in our lives 
then we find ourselves in a right position with God. And that's the message of the gospel. And that's the hope that people need to, to, to hear. And, and really, you said the world is going uh, in the wrong direction. There's a lot of darkness out there and a, and a lot of evil. And guess what? That's when light shines the brightest is when it's the darkest. And so Christianity, Christian television, Christian media today, that's shining the brightest. And it's really drawn a lot of people in. Yeah. And you know what, if, if things really are, if we're really going to, I don't know if you're familiar with third Eagle on YouTube, but if it's really going to be doom and gloom, like third Eagle sang about many years ago, which I've always kind of uh, loved that song um, just fits in with what I do for some reason, look it up if you haven't seen it yet. But if we are going to go full third Eagle doom and gloom, one of the things, you know, in reality, you know, we're going to have a black Swan event, something like that. We're just about out of time. So I'll take a quick comment on this, but if we're going to have something like that, war, famine, you know, be it be it imposed upon us or organic, if you will, I don't know what is these days, not even the food. But um, if that does happen, we need community, we need each other, we need to have that family value, right? So, I mean, again, to your point, this this really does speak to uh, what you're saying. Yeah, and in those times, look at history, uh, especially over the, say say the last couple of hundred years and what happened in, in all the world wars recently. Look at those times and people find those in faith. That's where they find the security. They'll find it in the churches. It'll be the Christian community that's out there serving people. It won't be the secular community because they won't have an answer. It'll be the Christians that come to the rescue uh, when you're hungry, when you're down, when you need food, when you need medicine. It's the Christians that always come in. And I can tell you what, we'll be there. All right. NRBconvention.org to learn more, to get your tickets, to show up, and NRB.org uh, to stay in touch with Troy Miller and his team at the National Religious Broadcasters. Troy, we want to thank you for everything you do. You always bring a message of hope and inspiration here to us at today's News Talk. We appreciate that, and we'll look forward to your next appearance here with us at State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. One of the more amazing things I've seen recently took place last week at a Senate hearing looking into social media and the negative effects it has on our children. Here's Senator Josh Howley confronting Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg. 37% of teenage girls between 13 and 15 were exposed to unwanted nudity in a week on Instagram. You knew about it. Who did you fire? Senator, this is why we're building all Who these did you fire? Tools. Senator, that's, I don't think that that's... Who did you fire? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to answer that. Because um, <laughs> I mean, you didn't is, fire anybody, right? You didn't take Senator, any significant I, I action. It's appropriate to talk about like, individual it's not appropriate. decisions. Do you know who's sitting like behind you? Holly then pointed out to Zuckerberg that in attendance were parents of children who have been harmed, or as he put it, are now gone. Would you like to apologize for what you've done to these good people? I... I, I Zuckerberg getting up and apologizing, of course, too little, too late. But what we saw was virtually unprecedented. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT. I tell my son, I love you every single day. Now, my dad has never said that to me. Not because he doesn't love me, but because culturally it wasn't comfortable for him. Now that he's a grandfather, he says, I love you to my son every time he sees him. 
my advice to all the fathers out there, forget the cultural restrictions. They grow up way too fast for you to waste even a single precious moment. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Okay, welcome back to State of the Nation. Well, as we were talking about in our last segment, uh, we're kind of all just on the edge of our seats, kind of walking on eggshells because everybody suspects we don't know exactly when, we don't know where, but we're starting to expect a black swan event, some kind of an attack or whatever. I mean, mean, just with our wide open southern border, it's only a matter of time before bad actors that have indeed crossed that border act out, whether it's state-sponsored, whether these are quote-unquote lone wolves, uh, although I highly doubt it, uh, maybe a massive espionage ring, that's probably in the works as well. So we figured, who better to talk to than Michael Cutler? Michael, of course, is uh, he's a host of the Michael Cutler Hour on Blog Talk Radio, uh, but he's also a, a former senior special agent in the INS. So, Michael, welcome back to State of the Nation. It's wonderful to see you, sir. Um, we're a see little you, bit concerned. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Um, we're a little concerned, and I'm sure you probably are as well. Uh, lots of talk. Hell, I mean, even Christopher Ray is saying, I see red flags everywhere. Uh, the media is kind of tamping a lot of this fear down, but I don't think people are uh, buying that. What do you fear and what do you think can be done to prevent something massive from happening? Or is it, or is the cat out of the bag? Well, uh, you know, uh, for the audience that, you know, with the alphabet soup of the government bureaucracy, INS was the predecessor to ICE. INS, of course, stood for Immigration and Naturalization Service. Uh, and I want to begin by saying that people get immigration wrong. Well, we hear about it. The other day, Bill Maher said, oh, who cares who's coming in? You know, strawberries are costing too much. If we bring in cheap labor, this isn't about strawberries, bananas, mowing lawns, or washing dirty dishes in a greasy spoon diner. You need to think of immigration law enforcement as a follow-on to the mission of the U.S. military. Consider this. The shared mission of all branches of the military is to keep the enemies of America as far from our shores as possible. Up close and in person, that vital mission, that vital mission falls to the U.S. Coast Guard, the U.S. Border Patrol, and the men and women of ICE, Immigration and Customs Enforcement. And in fact, I provided testimony to the 9-11 Commission. I've testified before uh, roughly 17 hearings in the House and Senate, mostly about the nexus between immigration, crime, and terrorism. And it's not just the southern border. Uh, You know, the southern border is a disaster. I'm not arguing with it. And in fact, there have been open hearings, open to the public, where the discussion focused on how Hezbollah and other terrorist groups are operating with thousands of bad actors throughout Latin America, joining up with the human traffickers, the drug traffickers to move huge quantities of narcotics in the United States, to kill Americans and to raise money for Iran and its terrorist operations. So understand that that southern border is a catastrophe, and it's not just people from Latin America. We have people coming in through that border from virtually every country on the planet, including countries that are openly hostile to the United States and seek our demise. And it only took 19 hijackers on 9-11 to forever alter the world. It wasn't just America. Think of where the world 
went after the attacks of 9-11. I'm a New Yorker. The ashes landed on my home and in part contained the ashes of my neighbors who had gone to work just a couple of hours earlier. But we have aliens and bad actors coming across the northern border. We have 95,000 miles of coastline and we have aliens coming through supposedly illegally through ports of entry. The legal immigration system lacks integrity in large measure because of a lack of resources that is the responsibility of both parties who are open border advocates and globalists, and also because of Mayorkas. In, 19, in 2015, uh, there were reports about how Mayorkas, who headed up Citizenship and Immigration Services, the agency that adjudicates immigration applications for asylum, green cards, and citizenship, ordered his people to approve virtually every application that landed on their desk, including applications from people that the FBI warned were potentially affiliated with Iranian terrorist organizations. And he basically thumbed his nose at the FBI and says, that's your problem. We're going to approve everything. And the Republicans, to their credit, raised that issue for his confirmation hearings when Biden took office. And guess what? The Democrats said we could care less. And now you've got Republicans, just three of them, but voting against the removal of Mayorkas. And by the way, we, we should, number one, talk about citizenship and immigration services. That's America's locksmith. The problem with the news today is that when they're doing video, they need something dramatic. Aliens pouring through a border, uh, people crashing through doors with raid jackets and battering rams. And I did lots of those. I was part of the drug task force for half of my 30-year career. But also, um, they don't find it exciting to show people adjudicating applications. So when we hear the nonsense that if you build a 20-foot wall, the aliens will come with a 25-foot ladder. No, they will come with green cards issued by a corrupt and ineffective citizenship and immigration services. And you should know that four and a half years before the terror attacks of September 11, 2001, I testified before my first hearing before the Immigration Subcommittee in the House, and the focus was immigration fraud and visa fraud. Why? Because that was how the terror attacks of 93 were carried out at the CIA and the first World Trade Center bombing. Virtually every alien involved gamed the immigration system, falsely claiming asylum and so forth. So Biden comes along and lets in all these asylum seekers, millions of them. They don't qualify for asylum. Asylum is not given to an alien who lives in a terrible country. Asylum is designed specifically for aliens who could prove a credible threat that they face of persecution because of race, religion, ethnicity, political beliefs, or sexual orientation, period, full stop. To say that these millions who've poured across the border, aided and abetted by the Biden administration, are asylum seekers is kind of like saying that a homeless person with no job is an aspiring millionaire because he bought a lottery ticket. <laughs> they don't qualify, and they have forever jammed up the asylum system, which is a major element of national security. Think of the Boston Marathon bombing um, 11 years ago, back in 2013. One of the two Tsarnaev brothers had been become a naturalized U.S. citizen, and the other one had a green card and was applying for citizenship. Faisal Shahzad, the Times Square bomber, 2010, set off a bomb in Times Square that thankfully fizzled and didn't go boom. He had become a U.S. citizen just a year earlier. So we have people saying, well, as long as they come legally, yes, 
But the legal system is only as good as the integrity of the system. And the lack of integrity of the entire immigration system is a reflection of the lack of integrity, a lack of integrity of our political elites and especially Joe Biden. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Cutler, you know, it, it, it always frustrates me when I think back to 9-11 and I think back to what we were gifted. We were gifted a Patriot Act. We were gifted a, a National Defense Authorization Act that has these odious things added to it every year. And the budgets just get bigger and bigger. And much of this has led to terrible foreign policy, terrible polarization amongst people. And now we look around and we see the weaponization of government and we see them using stipulations in that Patriot Act and in that NDAA against American citizens. And while they open the southern border completely, completely. I mean, uh, how frustrating is that? Not only the southern border, I'm sorry to interrupt and, and, and disagree with you. It's the entire system. Yeah, all it was of it. reported that last year over 800,000 aliens who were lawfully admitted through ports of entry went missing in America. 800,000. And by the way, why are we calling the, the illegal aliens immigrants? It's a huge disservice to lawful immigrants, and people don't understand the difference. Lawful immigrants have played by the rules unless they've committed fraud, which again is a huge problem when we're not searching for the fraud and we need to. The 9-11 Commission found that immigration fraud was the key method of entry and embedding for the terrorists. And we're paying no attention to that. None. In New York City, ICE agents arrested housing authority people who were accused of bribing and, and shaking down construction workers and contractors who were repairing buildings. Why is ICE doing that when we have an immigration crisis? No one's calling for the hiring of more ICE agents. We only have about 6,000 ICE agents for the entire United States. And most of them, because of the way George Bush cobbled together DHS, uh, are doing anything but immigration. They're doing intellectual property theft, money laundering, drug trafficking, child porn. uh, And now we see they're going after government agencies that commit fraud. They need to remain focused on immigration. We should have 100,000 immigration agents backed up by resources, including prosecutors, judges for immigration courts, and so forth. You can't control the border at the border. And when you realize that terrorist groups are working in conjunction with drug traffickers, moving people across both the northern, southern borders and our 95,000 miles of coastline, there's a lot more that leaves us vulnerable than the southern border, horrific as it is. It's almost kabuki theater. And so why have we never hired ICE agents? Because interior enforcement is the true key to gaining control of the immigration system, to go after the fraud and disincentivize aliens from entering the United States illegally or violating our laws when they come legally, uh, but then either fail to depart, work without authorization, or lie on applications for asylum or citizenship. That's the domain of ICE. So effectively, we have 2,000 ICE agents for the entire United States of America. Let that sink in. New York City has roughly 35,000 police officers. We have, at last count, tens of thousands of TSA personnel screening baggage, and effectively 2,000 ICE agents for the entire country. When the 9-11 Commission made it abundantly clear without uh, without any doubt that it was multiple failures of the immigration system that not only facilitated and enabled the attacks of 9-11, 
but other attacks prior to 9-11, and look what's happened since. More terror attacks committed by more aliens who easily game the immigration system. You asked in the beginning, um, do I think we are at risk? We have never been at a greater risk for the next terror attack than we are today, but it will be worse tomorrow. It will be worse the day after because we are not vetting, screening, or securing our borders against those people who want to come here and kill us. Meanwhile, fentanyl flows freely across the border. And by the way, you mentioned that the Patriot Act was a gift. It wasn't. Uh, I predicted, sadly, there's no joy in that, that the Patriot Act could ultimately be used against us. The Kennedy administration, Bobby Kennedy, way back when in the 60s, enacted the RICO statutes, the racketeering statutes to go after the mob. Great idea. More people, I can assure you, who have nothing to do with organized crime have been prosecuted because of those RICO statutes than mobsters. And I fear that we're seeing the same thing now with the Patriot Act. Unscrupulous prosecutors looking to score successes, so to speak, by targeting the vulnerable, by taking shortcuts. And the Patriot Act is a gift to those people, not a gift to the American people the way that it has been perverted. What do you think of that? That's yeah. what I was alluding to with my sarcasm, sir. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yes, no, but, but I, I had to make note of that because that was my fear about the Patriot Act. And, and, again, and you were right. You know, let, let, let's remember, though, that you're innocent until proven guilty. There's a great movie everybody should watch, The Bridge of Spies, based on the swap between uh, U-2 pilot Francis Gary Powers and Russian spy Rudolf Abel, very well done by uh, Tom Hanks. What was glossed over in the movie, there was a slight mention, it was actually immigration agents working with the FBI who found some of the incriminating evidence against um, Rudolf Abel. But immigration, again, is, is portrayed as, oh, these are the people that just want to work here because they're desperate. Yeah, there are many yeah. of those who were people I arrested during my career who I felt bad for. You know, I didn't see the illegal coming to work illegally as my enemy, but we didn't know if he was coming to work illegally because he was also a sleeper agent. OK, and that's the issue. You can't tell the good guys from the bad guys without a scorecard and the open borders crowd on both sides of the aisle. Reagan gave us the first amnesty and didn't hire agents to enforce the laws that he created. Think about that. It's both parties. But the idea that we're going to somehow um, secure the border without interior enforcement. It, look, immigration's become a delivery system. I want everyone to understand that. And I've written about this for Front Page, uh, Front Page magazine. Immigration now delivers, instead of protecting us, immigration now delivers an unlimited supply of cheap, exploitable labor. And it's not just the illegals. It's the high-tech visas. It's the computer programmers. It's the scientists. It's the biologists. It's people with PhDs and MBAs who are being displaced by foreign workers who then take that skill set back home. It's an unlimited supply of foreign students. And how many Chinese programmers and engineers have been educated in the United States helping yeah. them build military michael i i hate to i hate to interrupt but you're about to get cut off by the computer and i don't want that to happen to you okay. thank you for uh thank you for your expertise the michael cutler hour on blog talk radio you can also find michael at michaelcutler.net and